Hello there, it's Gareth here and welcome to episode 40 of the podcast, The Big 4 Hey, look at that, 40 episodes, I can't believe it. You know, when I look at that number now, 40, I get really pissed off with the fact that I deleted all the ones that I did um, a couple of years ago because I had about 55, so I've been coming close to 100 now and I always had this bit of a kind of a, a target to do 100 podcasts. I've still got it, um, so this time I'm, I'm at 40, I've only got another 60 to do, so bear in mind I'm doing one a week, it's going to take me over a year. I might have to up that a little bit because... The one thing about doing these podcasts, I have to tell you, is it's quite a satisfying thing to create a piece of content like a podcast. I really find it satisfying. I'm using that word specifically because I'm going to share something with you in a little while about something I've been reading this week, which um, the word satisfying is very relevant to. Um, so we're up to episode 40. Um, a little bit of an experiment I'm having today, so I'll explain what it's about. The reason I started podcasting in the first place was because of a guy called Joe Rogan. I'm sure I've mentioned this before. If I haven't, well, he was the reason I started podcasting. I loved what he did. I loved the style he had. And um, this concept of just two people sat down there, microphones, chit-chatting, and what came out was just gold sometimes. There were some really fantastic episodes. I used to listen to him regularly, posted two or three, sometimes even four episodes a week. So there was always some Joe Rogan kicking around when I was asleep. And I, I listen to my podcast at night. I don't tend to listen to during the day. But when I'm going to sleep on an evening, I always have a podcast playing. So it's, it's a little bit of one of them things that I do that some people might find strange, but I always sleep with headphones in, you know, the kind of earbud things. I listen to them and there's always something playing. So consistently through the night, I've got something playing. And with a podcast, the beauty is when you finish listening to the podcast, it shuts down, it's, it stops, it literally stops, so you don't listen to it anymore. So I'm not listening to sound all night in those cases, but I tend to fall asleep listening to it. And I used to start with Joe Rogan all the time in an Apple podcast. And then he did the deal, which is quite famous in the podcasting world, that he, he sold his podcast to Spotify for a lot of money, but they had sole ownership of his podcast, and that's the only platform now you can listen to Joe Rogan on. Which, again, I didn't have a problem with because, you know, I've got a Spotify account. I don't like it as much as Apple, but if I have to use it, I'll have to use it. But then when I listened to his episode, I realized there was one big downfall here, one big problem that I didn't like, which is his podcast is not... It's an audio version because there's obviously sound, but it's tied in with a video. So it's actually a video that's on there, not just an audio file. So normally every other podcast, you don't see a video, you just hear the sound. Some record them and put them onto YouTube. That's a popular thing for podcasters to do. I don't because um, it's a ball ache I don't need. And Joe Rogan's is on that. So again, you wouldn't think that's a problem. What I found after listening to a couple of episodes is it makes my phone go red hot. So I listen to me podcast on my phone. And because I've got a video playing and not just sound, it gets really hot. So I woke up after listening to one of his episodes one evening and literally the phone felt like it was on fire. And I thought, this cannot be good. You know, I'm laid in bed here laid over and fall over, so I ended up getting this bum stuck on my left, or this, um, this phone stuck on my left bum cheek, thinking, hang on, this is too hot, this could be a problem, what if it sets on fire, blah, 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 and you shouldn't really listen to a phone, and then it'd be plugged into your mains while you're in bed, so the only way I could keep the phone going, because it ran the battery down as well, anyway, this is a long way of saying, because of the way Joe now delivers his content, Joe, do you see how I got there, I was like casual about it, I like Joe, yeah, like he's my mate, you know, hi Joe, you know Joe, yeah, well, how are Joe today? Because Joe Rogan delivers his podcast now in video form only through Spotify and I can't listen to it just audio alone and not have to use the video, I've stopped listening to it because it's just not good for me. And I was missing him because 
I wanted something else to listen to. Anyway, I ended up listening to another comedian, an American comedian called Bill Burr, who does something, I think it's called the Monday Morning Podcast, because it comes out on a Monday morning. I bet he spent ages thinking of that name. Bill Burr, I like his style, very Joe Rogan-ish, but the difference with Bill Burr to Joe Rogan is Bill Burr never has guests on. So he's just like having this chit-chat, you know, just sort of kind of telling you what's going on in his life, and he, and I really liked it, the way he does it. I think it works. Because I know it's a lot of my podcasts. I'm trying to talk around the subject. So I'm kind of almost kind of delivering some kind of element of knowledge if in, in a very loose way as best I can. But Bill Burr does it different. I thought, I'm going to have a go at that. So rather than kind of having a particular thing to chit-chat about, I'm just going to kind of talk about what's happened this week, what I've found out, what I've got up to, what I've been doing in my own little world. And I want to see whether that has any value. Because rather than just focusing on things that are person development or you know, kind of bigger subjects. Thought, well, why don't I just talk about what's going on in my life? Because my life is personal development and, and fitness and health and business. And it's all them things mixed together. But each week's different. And I thought it also gets around another problem, which recently I've been struggling to create these podcasts because I've been struggling to know what to talk about. I've been making it too complicated. Back to the word satisfying. The reason I'm doing this today, the reason why the word satisfying is on my mind and my lips is because I've read a book, and I want to share about this book. I'm going to talk about the book a bit, because in the last week, I have consumed this book um, like you wouldn't believe. Now, if you have listened to my podcast regular, you'll have heard a chap on here called John Steele, John Steele, the photographer. I know John listens to it, so hello, John. I hope you're well. And he told me about a book. He shared a book with me that he was, that he was I was say reading. He doesn't read. Really he was listening to it. He's got an, he had it on audio book, and it was a book by a guy called Jim, not Jim, James Clear. There me, you see, I'm calling him Jim. I'm, I'm being a bit casual with this guy. I don't even know him. Jim, J, sorry, James Clear. James Clear wrote a book called Atomic Habits, which emblazoned across the front of it says, tiny change of remarkable results, right underneath the big sign that says the international bestseller. So clearly he sold a lot of copies of this. John mentioned it, and the thing about John is, um, I know John well enough now that if John says something that's all right, he normally is. Um, John's a bit my, my go-to guy for people in the area he lives in. I, if, if somebody, I know of somebody or somebody mentions somebody, I'll say, what do you think of this person? And John's really good. He'll give me an opinion of him, which is normally spot on. So when he says something's good, it's normally good. When it's bad, bad. Same with the person. If they're a nice person, they normally are. If they're a bit of a knobhead, they generally are. So he's a bit like the Oracle that way. Anyway, John mentioned this book to me, Atomic Abbott's been listening to it. So I got a copy because as much as I do like audio books, when there's a book that I feel is important, I like to read through it because I've got it in front of me now, actually. In fact, listen, I'm flicking through it there. Um, I end up reading it. I make notes in it. I put little sort of stars and signs around things that are important. I highlight it. For me, a book is a, it's, it's a tool. The information in it is delivered in words, but I turn it into a, almost like a workbook for myself. I've got to say, this book is fucking amazing. It's an absolutely brilliant book. And... Before I ordered it, because I got it from Amazon, right? So I'm on Amazon, and as you do, I looked at the stars next to it. And it didn't, it didn't have five stars. It had like four stars, which you know, was a bestseller in the force. Because generally when you've got four stars, what you find is one of two things can happen. is Everybody says it's four star, but people don't tend to be impressed enough to just give a four star review. So they do one of two things. They either only ever give a review if I it was brilliant or it was shite. So I thought, so when it's a number four, you'll tend to get 
a lot of people have said it's brilliant, it's five star, but every now and again there'll be a one star. Worst thing I've ever read. What the grammar was terrible. This is a, and I always worry about them because when most people are saying it's good and one person says it's bad, you have to question the mindset and the mentality and the personality of the person who's give it one star. Anyway, this this book actually had a few people saying it's badly written, it's just basic stuff, you know, it's it, everybody knows this anyway. Um so if I'd not been told by John it were good, I would probably have thought, mm, maybe, maybe it's, it's on the maybe list. Because John mentioned it, I got it. Anyway, it's brilliant. And whoever's wrote the poor reviews um, really wants a bit of a slap because this book is a succinct way of explaining the power of habits, which we kind of all know. We all know good habits are good for us and bad habits we should avoid and try to change. But knowing good habits are good and starting them or having a bad habit and stopping it is not the easiest thing to do, but James Clear in his book explains how to do it and why we need to in a certain way for them to, for them to work or why we're in a certain way to stop them. And the reason I um, mentioned the word satisfying is because he has this thing, it's called the four laws, the, the, the four laws of creating good habits. I'm going to share them with you. I'm not going to go too much about this book. If you want to read it, you should get it because another thing, don't let anybody explain a book to you. If you explain a book, it should just be to whet your appetite and interest enough for you to go and get it. But you cannot get, in a 10-minute conversation with somebody, the full gist of a book. You might get an idea of what it's about, but you need to buy it. So if, if, if this is an interest to you, changing good habits or having good habits, and it ought to be, because let's be fair, your life is your habits. Your life now, whatever you're doing right now, good, bad, or indifferent, will be a result of habits you have anyway. The four laws of changing a habit to to get a good habit. The first law is you've got to make it obvious, okay? Boom. Secondly, you've got to make the habit attractive. That's the second law. And the third law is you've got to make it easy. And then the fourth law, you've got to make it satisfying. That's why I mentioned the word satisfying earlier. Got to be satisfying as the habit. Because if it's not obvious, attractive, easy, and satisfying, you'll not do it. Which in itself is what you've got to do if you want to make an habit or get rid of an habit. You just got to be completely opposite. So being obvious, it's got to be invisible. Instead of being attractive, it's got to be unattractive. Instead of being easy, it's got to be difficult. And instead of being satisfying, it's got to be unsatisfying. So that, that's kind of the gist of the book. I, I would suggest if you are interested in improving yourself, maybe trying some things, maybe you've tried some stuff and it hasn't worked, then this book's not a bad buy. I don't know what I'd pay for it. 11 quid, what it, 12 quid, delivered to me door the next day by the good people at Amazon. And... Um, Get the paperback. Um, even if you get the Kindle, get the paperback. One thing I always do, which ends up making a book, not a tenner, by the way, it probably makes it 30 quid because I tend to buy the, the hard copy because I make the notes in that, play about with that, use that as a kind. I mean, even this now, I've only had it a week. It's, you know, there's bits of it look like it's going to fall apart because I've bent it and twisted it and wrote in it. I buy that. If it's something I think is really important, I'll buy the audiobook so I can listen to myself, so I'm reminding myself of it. Because when you've read it and then listen to the audiobook, it all makes a lot more sense. And then when you listen to the audiobook and you go back and read it, you read it faster because you already know some of the words. And then I'd also get the Kindle version. Because if you ever travel or you're ever away on vacation, holiday, why does a vacation, what an American thing that I used to say, and, and, and a holiday, if you're on holiday, you can carry a Kindle with you, which is, you all know the size of a Kindle, not very big. Um, you can take that with you and you can have 30, 40 books there where, you you know, the most you normally take all these one book because they're heavy, you know, take up too much space in your in your hand luggage. And if you're on one of them flights from uh, EasyJet, you need to use your space wisely because uh, 
you know, a book can equate to two pair of jeans and a pair of flip flops. So, and you get charged for that shit. So, well, look, three three ways: Kindle for when you're traveling, you keep all your books together. You've always got a book with you. The audio version, in case you want to listen to it at different places when you're out exercising, and then the ad copy. So, in effect, when I know a good book is or a book is a good book, it's because I've got all three of those versions: written, digital, audio. Right, great book, great habits. Got to make things satisfying. I realised I wasn't doing podcasts because I'd, the habit around creating podcasts had two parts to it. There's two bits to recording a podcast. One is you need to record it. So there's the, actually the effort of sitting down, speaking into a microphone, taking them sound waves, putting them onto a computer, turning that into a file which gets uploaded to a, a platform which then sends it to all my other places. So if you're listening to this on Apple or you're listening to it on Google or you're listening to it on my website or you're listening to it on Anchor or I think it's also on um, SoundCloud. It's actually on Spotify as well, just like Joe Rogan. I'm on Spotify as well. They didn't give me £10 million for mine. Um, they didn't give me fuck all for mine. Maybe one day. But what I, what I'm saying is it's the, the process of recording it is, a, is an habit I've got into. Why? Right, let me tell you why. Because as far as recording something, and this, I'm going to show you how this book has changed my way of thinking about it. Is it obvious for me to create to, to create a podcast? My desk, which I'm sat at now, there you go, wooden desk, wonderful. Let me chip to the front, what have I been doing there? My desk has got two microphones on it, one which I'm speaking into now, a spare one in case I have guests. And so next to those is a recording device. The recording device plugs into my computer, which is in front of me. So it could be more obvious that I've got equipment to record a podcast because I can see every time I sit in my desk. In fact, the entire office across from where I'm looking here, there's another microphone set up so we can do two and three people at one time. So is it obvious? So as far as, this is just recording. I need to understand there's two bits here and this is why I want to go on with this one first. It's dead obvious. I can see it. It's on the other. Is it attractive? Do you know what? I have always loved talking to my microphones. I love the kit um, and the fact that the microphone I use is the one that Joe Rogan uses. Always makes me feel good talking into it. It's a really nice microphone. I, I did pay a bit of money for it, but it was a good purchase because I always feel good speaking into it. And I think it gives a nice sound, very radio sounding. So it's dead attractive because I like doing it. I like the equipment. I like using technology. So yes, it makes it attractive. Is it easy? It could not be easy to record a podcast in this house, in this office. I come downstairs, I press one button to turn the machine on that does the recording and press my laptop to start stop button. Probably from me deciding I want to do a, a, a podcast to be able to record something and talk into microphone where it's actually recording the sound is about 40 seconds. It don't get no easier than that. Plus, I know how to use all the equipment now and edit and things, so actually making a podcast is really easy. Is it satisfying? Oh, yes. There is something about knowing you've created a 25, 30-minute podcast on something, and especially when you do them and you think, ah, I liked that one. You get a sense that it were good. You just do, you know. I know this one's going to be a good podcast. I feel it already because you kind of get into a flow and you think, ah, I like that. Um, so all them things, the four rules or the four laws to create a habit are in place for recording my podcast. It's obvious, it's attractive, it's easy, and it's satisfying. Now, there's two sides to a podcast. One is recording it. Secondly, is knowing what to record. And that is the bit that I've been struggling with. Because is it obvious? Not always I have to say, what am I going to talk about today? It's not obvious what I'm going to talk about in some podcasts. Some are, but most of the time recently I've been thinking, what should I talk about? So I can spend a lot of time trying to think about this. And that takes energy and then you get pulled off on something else. And then sometimes the idea you think, well, that doesn't really sound good. So it's not obvious. Is it attractive? 
some of the stuff I talk about, although I'm talking about it because I've got knowledge on it, I'm not really enthused about it at that moment I'm talking about it. So I could talk all day to you about um, the concept of running and how that's good for your health. And I talk about that a lot, don't I? Running and walking is what I do, you know, blah, 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 blee, blee, blee. Love to talk about it, but not all the time. You know, sometimes I'm talking about stuff which is not that attractive. I can talk about running, but I'm not always really enthused about it. And um, sometimes... I pick a subject because I think I should talk about it because I think it sounds personal development but it's 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 not obvious to me so and it's not attractive I don't really want to talk about it because I've got the knowledge sometimes doesn't mean I've got the enthusiasm for, for some for that thing is it easy one of the hardest things when you're creating content and if you are a content creator of any description whether you write blogs whether you do posts on Facebook whether you do stuff on Instagram or videos it's not always easy to 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 do it's not easy at all because thinking about it takes time. You get frustrated. That's not easy. That's difficult. And then is it satisfying? Talking about something you're not really into 100% is not satisfying. No, it feels like it's a labor. You've got to do it. It almost feels like it's I've got to instead of I want to. So straight away, recording the stuff has got all the ticks in the right box. It is obvious, attractive, easy, and satisfying. But James Clear says if you want to not do something, you've got to be the complete opposite. So you've got to make it invisible, unattractive, difficult, and unsatisfying which is exactly what I've been making the shit I've been talking about. It's been invisible. I know what I'm talking about. I've got to think, where is it? I don't know what, to, what I'm going to... It's not obvious. So it's, it's invisible. Unattractive. Oh, you know, I don't really want to talk about this. Is it difficult? Yes, if you don't know what you're talking about, to record a podcast, even for five minutes, is difficult to talk about something you're really not into at that particular moment. And then at the end of it, when you've done that, it's massively unsatisfying because it normally results in this. I don't get a podcast done, yet it's taken me five attempts Let's say it's my podcast are 15 to 20 minutes long. I only become pissed off with it at about 15, 20 minutes. So if I do that five times, that's 100 minutes. Where this one today, this is the first 17, what, 17, 48, nearly 18 minutes. And I know this is going to be one take. I just know because what I'm talking about today, I'm talking about things that are going on right now, which is what I got from Bill Burr. So that's what I'm going to do going forward. There's going to be no particular thing I'm going to talk about. It's just be stuff that's going on. Some observations, you know, things that I think might be interesting. And I'll try to find a way of twisting it into how you can, maybe what I've done and what I've learned, you might be able to use. So start straight away, that's the one thing, your little snippet of gold you're going to get out of today's podcast. Get the book, Atomic Habits by James Clear, the international bestseller, Tiny Change, Remarkable Results, an easy and proven way to build good habits and break bad ones. I have to say, I've been using this for only a few days, so I, I don't want to sound like this is, I'm really excited about something, I'll go off it. This is solid. And in some ways, it's new, because I've not read the book, but in a lot of ways, I kind of knew it. But knowing something and doing something about it are two completely different things. Knowledge, people say knowledge is power. It's not Knowledge is not power. It's only knowledge you use that's power. You can know something and don't know about it, and you might as well not know it at all. So that's what I've been doing, reading that book, and I've been um, trying some different habits. So this podcast is the first to try a new habit. It's trying to make the easy habit of recording it. I'm trying to bring also the easy way of getting a subject. So we're talking about that. So that's what I've been doing the last seven days. Read the Atomic Habits. What else have been doing the last seven days? Listen, on Sunday, we moved out of the area a little bit. We went out a bit further than we, um, than we normally do walking. Now, listen, I know, you know, people say, you know, you're not supposed to leave your house and you're supposed to be locked down and, you know, think about the pandemic, you know, and right. I normally go walking with Sue and most of the time now we go out with Rianne. So Rianne's been on this podcast before. She listens to this. So hello, Rianne. I hope you're well. 
We go to where Riyadh lives, which is Meltham, which ironically is where John lives as well. So I'm fond of that area. I like being up there. It's a nice part of the world is Meltham. And we normally go up there, and because she's in our bubble and she has been since lockdown numero uno, we have no problem doing that. We're doing nothing wrong. We're literally going to see our friend in a bubble and we're going to walk in that area. Well, this week we went a little somewhere a little bit different. It wasn't hours away. It was literally another, you know, it's 20 minutes in a car from where we live, but it's kind of, it's a point where we live and Rianne live intersect. So it's a place, Ebden Bridge, anyway. So if you don't know it, I'm not going to explain where it is. Google it, folks. Ebden Bridge. Well, actually, more technically, Tomerden. There's a place in Tomerden called Studley Pike. Now, I spent Studley Pike. If you want to find the Studley Pike and Google it, spell it right, because it's not Studley, which is S-T-U-D-L-E-Y. It's how I was spelling it for years, and it never spell-checked properly. It's Studley, so it's S-T-O-O-D-L-E-Y. Anyway, Studley Pike, not Studley Pike. I went up there because I've just had enough. I don't know about you guys listening to this. I can tell you now. I'm feeling like, you know... I need to get out, you know, of this, uh, you know, get out of this place. And um, walking on the canal, I've loved it. For 12 months, I've really been blessed to live so close to a canal. It's been a blessing to be able to see wildlife and go down there and watch that change throughout the last 12 months. But there comes a point, there's only so much canal you can see without you starting to think, oh, another boat, another barge, another lock. Oh, look, the seagulls again. Oh, the buzzard again. Oh, the kestrel again. You know, bear in mind, when I first saw them, these are amazing things. Kestrels in Wakefield, are you kidding me? Buzzards, kites, all this wildlife. When you've seen it over and over again, it becomes same old, same old. So going to Melton's been a blessing, but even now going there has kind of rubbed a bit thin. As much as I love Melton, and I do, and I know I'm going to spend a lot more time walking up there in the future because of some great walks. Look, I wanted to change the scenery. So anyway, we went to Ebden Bridge, and it was the first time this season, and I say season, walk. I think the walking season started. Walking seasons normally start in March because the weather it's, it's, it tends to spring. So right now, from the first of March, it's not actually it's not been the the spring equinox yet. I think about the twenty second or twenty first. But it's meteorological meteorological spring has started. And you could feel it. The weather was so different. And when we walked in on Sunday, it was the first time I'd been out for months where I didn't need loads of gloves, loads of clothes, loads of hats. It was really lovely weather. A bit wet underfoot. Oh, I've got to tell you this story as well. Okay, I'll come back to that. Remind me. But great to be out. Wonderful. So we went out a bit to walk there. Right, let me tell you what happened. I've been reading this book on habits and I thought, you know, one of the things I do when I go walking, I always take... I go out in the shoes I'm going to walk in. So I put my walking shoes on before I leave the house. I get into the car. We drive. I come back, take them off. So Sue doesn't. Sue always takes another pair of shoes to to to, to um, change into when she's finished walking. She actually takes Ugg boots with her. And um, so she has these lovely, comfortable Ugg boots when she comes off. So basically, when her feet, are, let's say, they've got wet or a little bit damp or cold, she gets into the car. She puts little Ugg boots on. She's got comfort on her feet. If we've been out in cold, wet conditions, I'm sat there driving with the same walking trainers on that I've been walking in that are now wet and cold in my car and a bit uncomfortable. I thought, you know what? I'm going to try a new thing. I'm going to try a new habit based on what I've been listening to James Clear's book. I'll tell you what I'll do. Let's have the habit of taking another pair of trainers. So I'll actually go in the pair of trainers, driving them, then change into my walking boots. They're actually shoes, they're not boots. Uh, walking shoes. Then when I've finished, I can take them off and then I can put my shoes on I went in and my feet will feel lovely and cold. Uh, lovely and cosy. 
Great idea, great habit. Okay, schoolboy error. Gets out of the house. I've put my rucksack in the back. I'm halfway, in fact, more than halfway. I'm just coming into Tommerdon. And I realised I've not put in my walk. And just, you know, when you know, you know. You just, I just thought, I haven't put my walking shoes in. So I had to walk in the shoes I had. Now, happened they were walking shoes. But they're a pair I've had for about five years. I've worn these shoes to death. And with walking shoes, the reason they grip at all is that underneath they have what's called lugs on them, which are a little bit like small studs. They're really thick treads, so they stick into the mud there by giving you traction. So that's why they're called trail shoes, trail running shoes. They're really good because you don't slip. But when you wear them for five years and you start wearing them going to gym or walking around town or spending time on tarmac, all the, the lugs and the treads underneath wear down. So these shoes are literally like slicks. They're just, they're absolutely underneath. There's no tread on them whatsoever. It's just a shoe that kind of semi-protects your feet from something, but there's no tread at all. Which doesn't go too well when you are walking up a muddy hill. So I had this thing where I, I thought, okay, I've not brought my walking shoes. I've got to walk in these or go back. I didn't want to go back or not do the walk. I didn't want to not do the walk. So we set off in these shoes and the first sort of quarter of a, well, first mile going out of uh, Todmorden to this walk up a hill, it's on pavement, which is great because the grip on pavement. The minute I got onto any grass, I was slipping all over the fucking place. What an interesting walk it was. The weather was fantastic. The birds were singing. There were there's just there was a feel of spring in the air and I was loving it and okay I did have to manage the the, the walking because I was slipping about and there was a bit of me at one point I was starting to feel a bit of a pain in my leg thinking you know what a dickhead you've been here son you brought these trainers they're not suitable um so great habit thought to get take some extra shoes with you but maybe next time I need to find a better the habit wasn't a particularly well thought out one because I didn't have an habit that said put them in the car but being outside and just going somewhere different was such a tonic. And, you know, I don't think we did anything wrong. We didn't, like, spend... There were no other people there as such. We could have had a lot of people on the walk because we ended up going... Studley Pike is a fairly big monument, and it's like a... I can't explain it. It almost looks Egyptian. It's like... You know, them like, the needles they have. They have the needle in um, London. You know, that kind of tall, slim, obelisk-looking thing. Is that the right word, obelisk? Anyway, it, it from a distance, it's this tall, pointy structure. And you can see it from all the way around Todmorden. And it looks big when you're down there, but when you get close to it, it's huge. It's a really big monument. And it was made by some... When the soldiers came back from fighting one of the wars, whenever it was, they had no else to do. So some bloke employed them to go dragging stone up an hill in Todmorden to build this this pike up there, Studley Pike Monument. And there were people, loads of people up there. Now, bear in mind... Even though we're out with Rianne, you know, we can be close to Rianne. It's not like we're sat there cuddling each other going round. We do keep a distance. She's in the bubble, so we had every right to be there. But on the top of Studley Pike, you could see that there were, there must have been just so many people. There must have been 20, 30 people. There were mountain bikes going past us every two minutes. Unbelievable. And I wondered why there were so many people there. So we didn't go that way is what I'm saying because I didn't want to be around the people. I am conscious we have still got to keep us distance and I, am, I don't follow them rules. I think they're right. The reason a lot of people there is there were actually some dudes on them kind of parachutes, paragliding, so they were kind of floating about and, and so they were jumping off top of Studley Pike, the mound where the Studley Pike's on, and floating about. But what a difference it was going out and spending time and just having a bit of a different look of scenery. And I think, you know, I've got to the stage now where I need that and I needed that this weekend. I don't need to do it every day, but just to get out and a change of scenery. So 
I understand people are starting to get pissed off now and fed up with the lockdown. You know, it seems to be the figures are dropping in the UK. We've got more people vaccinated. We've got more people or not as many people going into hospital, not as many people dying. So it all looks like it's turning. Kids went back to school yesterday. So, wow, that was another big deal. Um, I know certainly Sue's grandson, he's been a bit iffy the last week, a little bit kind of tetchy. Um, not eating his food, nobody knew what were up, and I thought, I know what's up, you're off back to school, you know, you've been off for 12 months almost, I think he's been in school for 10 weeks in a full 12 months, um, so it would have been a big deal, you know, I remember it was like when you used to, remember that feeling when you used to have to go back to school after a six-week holiday, it was always a little bit kind of, oh no, I don't want to do that, um, and you, I used to get a nervous feeling and not feel right for a couple of days, so if you've been off for a year, goodness me, what must that be like? So this this kind of week as it was, had this wonderful Sunday great, you know, the few days before that, you know, Raf and he'd, he'd come here and, and we'd had a day with him, uh, looking after him as his grandparents. Although I'm not technically his grandparent yet, I suppose. I kind of am, you know, because Sue's his granddad and I'm Sue's partner. So I kind of got a grandson. Um, anyway, to have him here, you could see that he wasn't himself. So things are starting to get back to normal. And I think that now is something that I'm noticing. So reading this book, I thought, you know what, before we're out of this pandemic properly, that book's going to give me an idea. What, what habits do I want to start and what habits do I want to get rid of? So I've been looking this week at that. So I thought, you know, do a podcast. Get get back into doing your podcasting flow. My best podcast, the ones I enjoy the most, are when I've got somebody with me, a guest. And I need to get guests sometimes, mainly because um, I don't know a lot of people. Um, the people I want to talk to have got to be the right kind of people. As in, I don't want people coming on where all they're going to do is, you know, there's no kind of... Um, spark between me and them. So if you brought somebody in that was known for something, which people try to do, you know, if you know somebody that's even a minor celebrity that on podcasts everywhere to, you know, getting the message out there, but all you're doing is it's like a sales pitch for them. And I don't like doing that. I want to have a connection with people. So I love doing those when I'm talking. It's more conversational. So by listening to this Bill Burr stuff, made me realize you could have that conversational style with yourself. Because in effect, I have got another guest. You, you're listening to this. You might not be answering back, but I can talk with you conversationally. So, I don't know. Anybody that knows me that's got the ability to drop me a message on this, what do you think of the style? I suppose I want at the end of this podcast, what do you think of the style? Does it work? Does it does it does it does it sound like it's natural? Because it feels natural to do it. So what have I done this week? Read the book, did the walking, um tell you what I did as well. Well, I've got to tell you about this. I, I have mentioned this before, but I've one thing we've done over lockdown is really kind of up our cooking game at home. Our food preparation game. And the one thing that's become a real staple of our diet is curry. Where, you know, we live in Uddersfield, Wakefield. I mean, I've lived in Batley, Dewsbury. I mean, Wakefield now, we're near Uddersfield, we're near Bradford. This is a, an area where there's a dense population of Asian people, um, specifically kind of Kashmiri, Pakistanis. And the fact is, they the, that's the food I grew up on. It's the food that, that the area is known because a lot of people here, there's a lot of access to the food that, you know, the Asians eat. I love cooking Indian slash Pakistani food. And through lockdown, we've we've experimented with stuff. We've got to a stage now where, you know, if I, I'm going to say not, I'm sure, I guarantee this. If you were to sit down and we were to prepare the food we're eating at the moment and serve it to you and told you it come from a Michelin-starred Indian restaurant, you would not doubt that. Their food is tremendous. And I make everything. So we make the curry. Sue makes, I don't make it all. Sue makes some. But we make everything that we, on a table, when we're having a curry, we have made ourselves entirely. We don't buy any packeted rice. We make a rice fresh. We make japatis. Now, 
Some of you may not know Japatis by that name, but Japati wrote it, same thing, flatbread that's cooked on a skillet. Um, it's actually not cooked on a skillet, it's cooked on another little... It's, I don't know what the name is, um, but it's a special pan that the Asians use. But the one thing about my Japatis is, as tasty as they were, as lovely as they were, I could never get them round. So I had this thing, it became a bit of an obsession, how do I get the Japatis round? Well, last week, I am now on to making round Japatis. All it took was this, this is how simple it was. I went out and I bought a round chopping board. And I think it's specifically for rolling Japatis on, because that's where I got it from, the Japati Rolling Shop. JapatiRolling.com delivered to me. No, it's, there's a local Indian um, and an Asian supermarket. And in there, there's this round thing. And you could see by the picture, there, it was all in a, a language I couldn't read. But clearly, the woman was making roti or japati on this. So I bought one, and it's changed my life. Absolutely changed my life. So this book has changed my life. The round thing to, to put in japati has changed my life. And then, if it, you know, if it, if it couldn't go any better, the one thing I love in an Asian meal is the little, you know, the green sauce. If you, you get sometimes when you get uh, go to a restaurant, they give you like uh, poppadoms and, 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 and like a, it's the, it's the Asian's equivalent. If you go to a Italian restaurant, they always give you some kind of garlic bread or them grassini sticks. Well, this is like the kind of what is it like the little kind of appetizer they always bring you. Would you like a poppadom and some pickle tray? And in the pickle tray, there's normally mango chutney, which you can get out of a jar. There's normally some kind of tomato mixture, which you can make yourself. And there's this green sauce. And this green sauce, everyone loves it. Everyone wants more of it. And it's a delicious thing. But I've always struggled to make it. Despite going through lots of recipes, you can never get it to taste just right. This week, I developed the recipe. It was like alchemy in the kitchen. There were chilies in there. There's some mango chutney in there. There's a couple of spices. There's some secret bits. I'm not going to tell you because at some point, I'm thinking, you know what? I should sell this sauce. Booties. Green sauce. What a ring to it that name's got. Eh? But it, it kind of was a moment of like, ah. And I think I tried it so many times, and it's it basically it's yogurt. And I'll tell you what's in it. There's yogurt, there's green chilies, there's coriander, there's mint. So mint sauce, as in, you know, what you put sometimes put on your lamb. There's a little bit of um, sugar, a little bit of salt, lemon juice, and one other ingredient. I'm not going to tell you the other ingredient because I think that's the key to it. And mix that together, and it just makes this wonderful sauce for dipping japatis in, pouring on your curry. It's just a great flavour. So I just kind of felt this way. I thought, look at that. The food's been spectacular. And this week, I've, the two things I've been struggling with, the curries are brilliant. They're spot on. I've got those recipes down, written down in a special book I've got hidden. So I feel a bit like the guys run KFC, you know what I mean? There's, nobody knows there's a secret recipe. And the same with my curries. I always have them written down, and I, have them, I write them down in a code. So I'll put things in like quantities, but they're not the quantities you think they are. So if you were to read the quantities I use, it wouldn't taste the same. And I don't know why. I just thought it was funny when I did it. It was like in a code I'd come up with. But getting the japatis and the green sauce right were like the last piece of this culinary jigsaw. It's now complete. So although I am feeling very ready to be out of lockdown, although I'm getting to a stage now like most of us, you know, I don't want to hear one more news real talking about we've got to be careful and i know we need to be careful you know the thing we're on today saying that you know if we're not careful we'll have a surge again once we lose lockdown you know we can't be like in this forever we all know that we need to come out of it so as much as i'm pissed off about all that kind of stuff the reality is in the last couple of weeks some things have, have really kind of come together it's been actually in many ways a blessing as these last 12 months i know people have died and, and and any loss of life is always sad and i know families have been affected by it financially and nobody wants that but there must be something through this lockdown you can take out of it so for me i've done a lot more walking 
loved that. But the one thing I'll take out of this lockdown is that within 12 months, I went from being somebody who could make a decent curry into somebody who can cook a world-class curry round your pies and green sauce. And if nothing else, I'll take that. The problem at the moment is the house, whenever you come in, smells of Asian spices. I've got a reek of curry about me and, and garlic all the time. But you know what? Sometimes you've got to just do things that make you happy. And cooking curry, walking, podcasting, reading books makes me happy. This book, you've got to get it. Because I tell you now, sometimes you don't know why you're doing something wrong. You're frustrated because you've got to understand it a bit more. The reason some of the stuff you'll be doing will be frustrated is because you've not got the right habits. Get James Clear's book, Rabbit. James Clear books, Rabbit. What's that? James Clear's book, Atomic Habits. Get that. If you are already cooking food at home and making good quality home cooked food, you're missing a trick, get on it. Especially Asian food, it's fantastic. And have a go at making your pies because if you can make your pies round, fluffy, and you can do that in less than the two years it's taken me to learn how to do them, you're a better man and woman than me because you were tricky. I've drifted off a bit there, so I think this is probably about time to um, stop the podcast. Let me know if you list this, if you like the style, a bit more conversationally. So going forward on the Wednesday, I'll be dropping a, an episode, which is kind of what I've done this week, what I've learned this week. So like I say, a couple of things there for you, but the main thing, get that book. If you do want to improve your life, have better habits, get rid of the old ones. Get Atomic Habits by James Clear. It's definitely worth a read. Thank you for listening. And until episode 41, you take care. Mm-hmm.